everyone, and welcome to episode 123 on Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. Thank you, everyone, for sharing it and commenting on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Again, wherever you listen to it, whether it's Podbean or TuneIn or wherever the many sources we have for listening in, please continue to comment and spread the word and passing it on to your friends and family. Also, we are still giving away beef jerky, so anyone that comments on uh, the podcast and likes the goat beef jerky, we are giving away, I'd say there's probably about 16 to 20 bags here of beef jerky, so quite a few amount of beef jerky, enough for you to eat at least the month of November, I would say for sure, one a day, that'd be pretty awesome actually, now I may not want to give it away. But we have JR Tao back on the phone from the Goat Beef Jerky. How are you doing, JR? Man, better than I deserve as always. <laughs> so when we just finished, which was literally about two hours ago, um, we were talking about genetically modified foods and things like that. Um, and we never really got into the whole topic of of sort of where we were where you're trying to start off. So I'm going to just try to drive the conversation um into a few points with you, JR, that I think I'm really curious on. One is, is who do you use? We talked a little bit about how you guys are doing direct to consumer, but who are you using as your website platform um, to go to consumers? Are you using something like Shopify or one of those or Square? Yeah. So we're using a company called uh, Big Commerce uh, that is actually current it i think we're on the last few minutes of that subscription contract whatever you want to call it um i'm really shopify seems to have more of a uh it's it's a lot more friendly right so big commerce is great um in the way that it's it's got a lot of features but you've got to be um, what is it? Uh, 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 you have to know a lot of computer code and I apologize if I sound like an idiot right now, cause I, I just don't understand these things. I had to pay someone to, you know, format our, web, our, our shop, our e-commerce website and, and all of that. So, I, um, that's what's driving me towards Shopify. Shopify is probably, a better for the uh, first stage type company <clears throat> and we're certainly not a first first uh, first step company but I still like to go in and um, modify things as I wish and so through big commerce it's difficult for me because I don't understand all of the x's and o's and you know ones zeros and ones and whatever else it is so from what i understand shopify is kind of a uh iphone versus android platform type type comparison um it, which is good because you know we have you've seen we do uh the old show us your goat that's that's something our our uh, customers love. Any any opportunity we get to get a photo of our customers with our product, we put them on our website and social media. Um, and and 
through the current platform, it's difficult to do. Like, I think if you pull up our website on a PC or Mac, the photos that we've put up, the resolution's weird, the scale is weird, and and there's no way to fix it through our current platform. Um, You look at it through mobile and everything looks great. So, sorry for the long way to get to answer your question. Currently, we use BigCommerce, but we're we're uh, exploring shifting over to Shopify. They they're they're kind of a user friendly. They're they're better better positioned for multiple product company that kind of still wants to manage their own inventory and structure and look. It, if you can design an Instagram page, I think you can manage a Shopify website. <laughs> yeah, the short version. I like the plugins they have. I actually Shopify disappointed me that I I love Mailchimp, which is a way to do your email marketing or contacts and stuff like that, and they're not attached anymore, which I was a little bit disappointed, and I'm not sure why. But I think that's that's uh, Mailchimp. Yeah, it's Mailchimp. To, to squeeze the carrot a little more is yeah, how that happened. Exactly. And, but I will say that Shopify is the best one that I've used, and I'm in the process of actually building three direct-to-consumer websites for our company on, on various different levels for various different foods. And I've used Shopify in the past, and I'm in the process of rebuilding those. And it, I agree that they're, they're the easiest, most user-friendly for both you and for the customer, I think it's just a better way of putting your food out there. And does it cost money? Yep. And I wouldn't build it and pay for the money until you're sure your product sells, obviously. Um, it's just more of a second stage. But they are the best product out there, in my opinion. And so, I, agree with, I agree with that. You know, they're, um, we, to be honest with you, we ended up with big commerce through our um brick and mortar store our our cash re- the company that that does all of our um cash register you know apps and accountings and things like that we actually got a free big commerce account with that um had i done my due diligence and done a little more research i would have known that you know shopify definitely offers better things than shop keep and yep. big commerce does yeah. if you have two bodies you're dealing with rather than just one yeah. so shopify you get everything you need everything's in-house and you know we interviewed a potential um cfo today or you know whatever title you need to give somebody that takes care of your accounting um and he's like, oh, so where does all of the information come from? I'm like, well, we have <laughs> we have several. We have about four channels. You're gonna have to get your numbers from in order to do what you need to do. And you know, he kind of he took a step back, if you will. And so, from what I understand, it's Shopify really just kind of everything comes in through one channel, which any business owner needs. If there's anything a business owner needs, it's less complications. <laughs> so oh, I know. Try, trying to get um, six different languages to communicate 
is complicated. So if you're dealing with one system that all information comes through in one language, that's man, if they're a little more expensive, it's, it's a, it's a savings in the long run. No. And I agree with that. And I actually think that, uh, and I've tried shopkeep and I've tried, um, big commerce. I've, I've tested a lot of them and I use different ones in different applications and, you know, I spent a lot of time on big commerce uh, early on, and I think they all have their function. And I think for certain people, they do certain things. But I've got to be honest, managing all the shipping, the, the customers, the website, the ability to change things on the fly, integrating your social media. I just haven't found anything like that yet. Um, and maybe there is something else out there. I just haven't found one that I've learned and had success with using that's, there's no bugs. There's the streamlined. It's easy. The integration of social media is easy. The whole solution is pretty easy and integration into accounting system is easy. Yeah. So, if they're out there, my email is jr.tal at the goat beef jerky co.com please reach out to me i would love for a turnkey solution on all of those things i mean it, it here's the crazy thing justin all of these different platforms that we sell on some of them communicate some of them don't don't but at the end of the day uh unfortunately for the time being i've i've uh poached my wife from her current from her previous employer to come and help me she has to take all the information from all of our different sales channels and plug them into quickbooks which quickbooks is phenomenal if you are efficient in quickbooks you know um and i mean the desktop version the 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 full monty the all features you still it's it's a ton of manual entry to to get all there's no way to get all of these things to communicate that i know of except for taking various information for various different you know sales channels websites brick and mortar sales whatever and then you have to plug them all into quickbooks to get good information on your cost of goods sold your you know roi all of these things it's it's a headache really i mean i would love for someone out there that's listening to come up with some sort of turnkey solution that you can have all of your sales channels everything plumbed into one and offer some sort of um bookkeeping solution that's a little more user friendly than QuickBooks. That would be ideal. I know so, that's a big mashup there. I don't even. Know. It is. I'm like that's it a lot of pieces is. all into one. Hey, you know, and there's I'm sure there those things are out there, but there's other companies just like me that don't have, you know, hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars to throw at a absolutely. Stock. Yeah. Like that's, we want to keep providing the best beef jerky a person can buy and not charge them, you know, $30 for a four ounce bag, you know? And if, when you, when you go roll into something like that, the, the, 
the expense of a software developer is just astronomical. We've looked into it. We've tried to look at some uh, phone apps, I guess is what you would call it. Cell phone apps, mobile apps on things like that. It's insane. They're, they're, those guys are definitely cashing in on um, what's popular at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those things where we're not there yet, but I think for an online marketplace that Shopify is pretty much as close as we can get. And um, But to touch on that and what you just said, and, and something that's changed since we did part one, since we're actually recording part three right now, right after part two, that you mentioned is Veronica, your wife, has, has well, you've poached her from her previous employment to come work for you. So I want to sort of go down that road and talk about it. I know my experience, I work with Deborah, you know, on an everyday basis and the dynamic that brings to a relationship. But I want to sort of talk about, I mean, you started the company by yourself and now you have the dynamic of being business partners, basically, with your wife on a regular everyday basis, not just on a, um, on your taxes, um, statement sort of <laughs> partnership. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That you, you nailed it. That's, that's kind of where we're at actually. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I actually asked her to come and sit in my office when you, uh, called back to, uh, so that you can get her take you've you've heard my take off mic if you will <laughs> which is probably better than uh being recorded but yeah we you know you you build something to you hope to make something better in life right i mean that's i mean through through your work outside of your podcast, everything you do through your business, you're, yeah, you want to make money. Everybody does. Like I, I want to make money. I want to make a lot of money and I want to go sit at the lake somewhere and wake up to a sunrise and then go fishing all day. That's what I want. <laughs> but until then I've, I've got to uh, do my part and, build a really great beef turkey company to get there. Um, starting out, it was, it was easy to manage just me by myself. Um, and then as we started to grow it, I hate to admit it, but I started slipping. If you will, we have, you know, customers, multiple customers wanting us to fill orders in a day and it was more than I could do by myself. So then you split those orders over a few days and they're fine with it. And then, and then it grows a little more than that. And all of a sudden you've got some customers going, Hey, if you can't fill our orders, we don't want to mess with this anymore. And so that, you know, at that point I'm like, I need some help so I can either hire someone um, by the hour that doesn't have the same passion and love for my company that I do, or I can bring someone on that's you mean now like, your company as in our company. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's, that's right. You know, so 
at that point, I'm like, hey, you know, my wife, Veronica, I'm like, hey, I either have to hire somebody to help me get these orders filled, delivered, stocked on the shelves or and pay them by the hour and hope that the orders keep coming in so that someone we bring on get ingrained in our culture and, you know, believing in the system and hope we don't have to get rid of them, (laughs) you know, because we don't, I hate to say get rid of them, but, you know, I mean, if you can't pay their paycheck, then it it was a huge risk or flip side is convince Veronica to come on, help me out. Um, She could either stay at the office or go and fill orders or vice versa. We just kind of split duties at that point. And, you know, that's the direction we went. Um, It seems to have worked out. I, I feel like it's worked out because it's cut down on our overhead. Um, and not, and I don't mean that in a greedy way, because I I would love nothing more than to have a staff of a hundred people that make more money than they could ever dream about making. I mean, how beautiful is that? Like to just pay, get people ingrained in the, in the same mindset you have and then pay them more money than they ever dreamed about making. And they never want to leave, you know, that's like storybook goat beef jerky company for me um we're not there yet so i had to bring veronica beg veronica to come on she had a really great job with a really great company um and it it took a lot of convincing to get her to come and help me out with this because um you know not only does she have to learn the um operating side of a company she's giving up a lot of great things that she already had you know i mean you have your own office and people that that help you you know help you with things that you do or whatnot and then all of a sudden now she's coming to work with someone she sleeps in the same bed with i don't know how it works for you justin but if uh (laughs) someone that works for you fucks up, you kind of let them have it or, you know, you let them know that they made a really bad decision of some sort or whatever. And, you know, there's consequences for bad decisions and that really complicates the shit out of things when it's someone you share a bed with, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, There's no way around it. Like it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing. And, but at the same time, we're, I'm not going to say we got everything figured out, but we we're working our way through it. You know, I mean, some days it's, it's a cuss fest at each other. <laughs> other days it's, Oh, thank you for showing me that. And, you know, Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. That's great. You know, so we've, you have, we find a way to take the good with the bad, but I'll tell you this it is not an easy road to travel bringing on someone that means more to you than you mean to yourself is uh man, that that's a, that's a very difficult and oftentimes problematic 
business decision to make. Yeah, I don't know how it's personally gone for you, but for us, it's it it puts a lot of things in in it puts a lot of things in perspective, and it also puts a lot of things in harm's way, for lack of any other way of saying it. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things is is that is one of it's a communication thing, and it took Deborah and I a long time to get this, um, but it's like you can be mad at each other at work. It doesn't mean you don't love each other. It's just one of those things where I disagree and it's healthy to disagree and you need disagreement to grow just like in any business to see multiple points of view. It's just the, the emotional fortitude that you need in a relationship to, to be that with someone. And that, that makes things hard sometimes. And, uh, you know, I don't know, but it's, um, it's one of those things that I think you grow a lot as an individual. You sort of set a great example to your children because you've now added a whole nother level of complicated diversity to a relationship and problem solving and work. And then you obviously, you know, if you have a problem at work, you bring it home. And if you have a problem at home, you bring it to work. So there's that whole yeah. dynamic. There's really no escape. So you know, if one partner needs to walk away from something in order to deal with it, it makes it hard when you when you have to keep dealing with the person and you can't walk away from the problem or the person and come back to it. And pausing and, and rethinking and things like that, taking the time to just, and I don't do a very good job of this. I like dealing with things when I need to deal with them right now so I can move on and everything can be great. But there is a huge amount of power in pausing. Um <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Especially, I mean, I'm not a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a misogynist but in any mean, by any means, but it's, you know, chemically and physiology, phys, that's a hard word to say. Women are made different than men. I mean, just in general. So whereas like what you said, I want to deal with this right now while it's in my face and address the issue and move on, that is not the same case with who you, for, you know, who you're wanting to resolve an issue with <laughs> in general, you know, they, they, uh, women generally like to sit on things for a little while and, and weigh things out in 12 million different options <laughs> and 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 move forward from that point after they've had a good week to think about it so the uh, that, that really does sound bad coming from here but the point being is that it's you're you like to address things and move on and your business partner, if you will, isn't always on the same page. So being able to recognize that, hoping you can address an issue when it comes up and move on is not the same thing as addressing an issue from your perspective is it in not being able to move on is a different deal. And you think you've moved on, but you haven't. <laughs> 
Yeah, and and uh, it's really it's one of those things. I really urge anyone who does it. I mean, one, you obviously have to have a strong relationship to begin with. Um, and number two is you've got to be willing to explore um, a totally different dynamic in your relationship, and you've got to have both be willing and able to grow how you have before in your relationship. So if you have a lot of growth and you guys grow together and, and take on challenges together, working together is the right thing. If you sort of handle challenges and things independent of one another, working together makes things a little bit harder, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. I, I agree. I, I actually, uh, I don't know if I said this already. I asked Veronica to come sit in my office while uh, we discussed that she's just, she's sitting over here staring at me, smiling, smiling, which is a good thing, but staring at me. So. Smiling for now. <laughs> smiling for now until the call ends. But uh, she knows me well enough by now that I, unfortunately, I, <laughs> You know, I'm not an idiot by any means. Well, maybe a little half a cup of an idiot, but I still, unfortunately, tell people uh, if you ask me how I see something, I'll tell you how I see it. So don't ask something you don't want my honest opinion of. Right. So I, I fortunately, that's the one thing she knows about me that um, I don't I don't like to play silly little games the junior high was a long time ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if, uh, hey, what do you think about this? This is what I think about this. Oh, that offends me. Well, I'm sorry you asked me how I felt about this. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, and I feel like that's a, some people don't understand that that's a courtesy, common courtesy. You know, you go to a friend's house, they offer you something to drink. You go, oh, no, thank you. I don't want anything to drink. You know, if you had just said, yeah, I'd like a, I'd like a water or something, you know how good your friend would feel that you, that you were like, oh, yeah, I'd love some water. I'd love to enjoy the hospitality you offered to me. And those things kind of intertwine and connect in a way that most people don't understand or don't quantify i guess yeah i i agree with that a lot actually is it's um how everything overlaps and sort of comes together is is an interesting thing you know how do we bring that all together how do we i don't know it's it's a uh, it's complicated but there's a lot of weird similarities is once you get into step i find now because businesses where you deal with way more problems in business, I feel like, than you do in life. In life, you know, you have the experience. You were once a kid. While you may not always have the answers, you sort of agree and move forward, and this is the best thing to do. But in business, you have a lot more problems thrown at you on a regular basis. You know, okay, the kid's getting a C. That's one problem today. Oh, no, my manufacturer's late. I don't have the packaging. I got to get ordering out. You know, I may have a glitch in my accounting system. You start to deal with it, and it's not like you can just solve it or you can just <laughs> help it. Or if they have a bad game, it's over. No, if you have a bad game, you may lose like 13 customers, not just be able to get your kid up and running again for game number two. It's just yeah. one of those things that I think 
are hard for, for people. And in a relationship, it, it leads to some different dynamics for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, that's, that's one thing, you know, for anybody that's considering that, that loves your podcast and they like to absorb the information, that's, that is one good benefit of having your partner come on board and help you is that the realization that every single customer you get matters. And we don't, we don't have a single customer that we don't say, thank you. You know, we put free stuff in there. Um, online orders, every, all, all of those things we, you know, every little bit helps, especially when you're small and, you know, unfortunately, we're still small. Um, we obviously have the potential to not be small, but uh, as it is, we're still a small company. And, you know, when when you have someone that y- you live with on the same page as you as as far as customers are concerned, that's that's huge. You know, I mean we we do our best to interact with all of our social media i guess what's the word followers um we someone says hey i had your beef jerky we love it we we make it a point to comment back to them thank you here's a discount code next time you order use this discount code all of those things they're the little things that pe- most people overlook they're they're huge to our success and it's easy and it's a lot i don't want to say it's a lot easier to do because i mean it's it's minimizing something at some point but it's it's beneficial for your life partner to be on the same page as you um when interacting with the people that are part of your success i mean that that's there's no other way of looking at it whether we turn into a 500 million dollar company or or we do a you know a hundred thousand dollars a year in sales that's interacting with your cut with your main customer group is is essential and and having someone that helps you do that is you can't put a value on that and in my opinion in my opinion i mean i there's plenty of people i'm sure if we if we did enough social media somebody would tell me how i'm wrong but (laughs) because that's the way it goes but for for us it's it works out great because we you know we we did a giveaway today uh count some Halloween candy. Guess guess how much Halloween candy and uh, you know we've mixed in some beef jerky with the Halloween candy and we just kind of wanted to give some product away and uh, interact with our customers and we had a an amazing response from that little promotion and you know that was I can tell you I wouldn't would not have thought about that type of promotion but the response we got from it was incredible and then i'm i give veronica full credit that was all her idea she's like this is so fun people guessing 
how much how much stuff is in this jar they were driving to a football game and just laughing out loud at somebody guessing you know their guesses and things like that it's if you've got a if you've got a strong personality strong relationship bringing someone you love on bringing them on to your you know your business whatever then i i say go for it <laughs> it's been great for us there's been a lot of bad times i'm not gonna lie but there's there's a whole lot of really good times and we we enjoy it i mean as much as we fight about the bad times um we enjoy a lot of the good stuff yeah and i think that's a lot of what happens in in relationships as well is that if you can make it through it, I mean, and really the opposite should be true. The business should be an experimental ground on how to do better in our relationship, not our relationship experience has teaches us how to do better in the business. I mean, the business, you know, you know, you'd rather get it wrong there than wrong in the relationship. You know what I mean? So how can <laughs> we get it wrong here and work through it and take back what we learned back into the relationship? And, when Deborah and I started thinking about it that way, not like anything was bad, everything's always been great, it really improved the way we dealt with things. Okay, how do we deal with this problem? Okay, how do we deal with it when we're working together? Oh, well, we, we seem to deal with it just fine at work, you know, working our way through issues, communication, making sure each other's heard, listening to both each other before we solve a problem. You know, we're in the family, we're trying to rush to solve a problem, get it over with and, and sort of like, okay, well, we got to do this, this and this. And then we didn't listen to each other. We're at work. We're like, okay, let's listen, figure out the ideas. What makes the most profit? Well, what makes the most profit in our relationship and with our family? It's the same thing. If both of us are heard and we come up, it's usually a compromise because somewhere in the middle is the right answer amongst two people. Oh, yeah. I mean, geez, I'd be a fool to argue with you about that. That's you, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's, that's how it goes. And the quicker you are to realize that and put your egos or, you know, insecurities or whatever, whatever it is that, however you need to categorize it to swallow it. Once you put those things aside and factor in exactly what you just said, the, that that's productivity and that's what you want you know once you take your yourself out of the equation and look at the common goal you're you're able to accomplish some really great things especially if you have a partner that's got the same common goal you know i mean that two two against one wins almost every time right yeah absolutely and it's exponential it's not just one plus one equals two it's more like one plus one equals five when it comes to two people coming together and compromising an idea the magnitude of it is way more than mathematically makes sense yeah i agree it's it's the power of positivity is the x factor right yeah <laughs> it, here I go talking about magic, something I don't believe in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know there is the law of attraction, though, which is all part of it. The 
you know, your kids listen to you more when you're setting a better example that's more productive. And that's the, that's one of the things that I agree with. The law of attraction goes in many different directions, but I particularly think that's one of them. I want to quick switch topics for about eight minutes because I think it's an important topic and I want to really start getting into this in season two. But I want to talk to you. I mean, there's there's various different types of leadership in business and as a male in our families, as a female in our families, all those type of things. But I want to take about eight minutes, uh, JR, and talk about how you see leadership in your life and in your business and how that sort of translates in the way that you run your business. Man, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I truly am glad you asked that. Um, it, my, my leadership approach and, you know, we do not have a large team yet. Um, but I love the, and I've told you this before. I I love competitive sports because uh, I'm sorry, I drew a blank. The you, I'm sure you're talking about the leadership in competitive sports and what it teaches kids. Yeah, it is kids, and 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 I just really for a second wanted to fast forward to you know the highest level. Um, the, there's there's no magic recipe for the reason that the New England Patriots have won as many Super Bowls as they have. I mean, yeah, they do have um, the goat <laughs> of quarterbacks, right? But they they've got a really great operation. And I, and I got to tell you that I've spoken with, you know, they actually reached out to us, wanted to do a partnership um, of sorts that, you know, it wasn't anything that we could financially do. Um, I wish we could have to be, I mean, completely honest with you. I wish we could have partnered with the Patriots there uh, from what I can gather through talking to them and reading online they're an amazing organization, but they're, you know, amazing organizations are built from the top up. And it, you you have a whole lot of people that are going to throw rocks at me for saying that, but it really is the truth. So you, you, you start with their CEO, right? And, and he decides who's going to, manage their operations, their financial program and, and, you know, their sales team and things like that. And then it, it trickles down and then you've got, you know, division managers and, um, or department managers. And then you've got, you know, shift leaders. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm just reaching for the different, areas of responsibility but to define it all it all starts at the top the the main decision maker is who's responsible for the success of the organization as a whole and if and if the main decision maker is uh, 
if he's if he's more interested in his brand, if you will, rather than his personal ego, then it's a win-win for everybody. Right? So let's let's take the Patriots and paste that and just say we're talking about the GOAT. So I'm I'm now the main decision maker and I hire a chief of operations that chief of operations off uh hires a sales manager that sales manager hire um does his job and brings on a bunch of accounts and then the the chief of operations brings on you know employees to fulfill orders or you know give good customer experiences because you know um, that's a good part of it. We, we interact with our customers a lot right now. It's just Veronica and I, we, we have to get out and, um, do, do those things independently because we're mindful of our, of our expenses and, and we kind of want to control that until we have more dollars we can spend. Right. But the point being if you don't make good decisions at the top and you don't create a great culture out of those top decision makers, then no one else within your organization is going to be as passionate as you are about the common goal. Common goal being, you know, everybody wants to make money, but what if your common goal is to make a better yeah, we want to make money, but we also want to make, you know, people increase the literacy, nutrition literacy of people across your region. Yeah. Right. Like to understand what it is that you're putting in your body. So we start with sales that that obviously fuels the fire. And then once sales increase, then you're able to put out media or what have you that kind of starts educating people look yeah here's here's some great information this information obviously would reflect on my company but if you don't choose my company just be sure you look at this information because the food you put in your body makes a difference on everything how much sleep you get at night, what time you wake up during the day, how well you go to the bathroom, as, as silly as that sounds, but that's that's a huge factor. You know, I mean, that, all of those things all tie together. And I guess, I, you know, I, I apologize. I always take the long road to get somewhere, but it starts with leadership. You Absolutely. have to, you have, you know, Justin, I, if you, have, I wish you could ever meet anybody that knows me, that um, actually knows me, and that you, you know, you haven't had the chance to, you know, someone that I haven't had to vet and be like, hey, if you run into this somebody, be sure and tell them this, right? Which, for the record, I never do. <laughs> I, I I refuse to, but. I, that's how that's how I am across everything. My son, by all rights, should probably hate my guts. I hate to say that, but most people that interact with a teenager probably don't interact with a teenager the same way I do. 
like I I love that kid more than my own life. Um, and I, you know, I, I pump as much love into our relationship as I can, but at the same time, there's zero chance I will ever tell that kid something that I feel like he needs to hear if there isn't anything substantial to go along with it. Right. Like I'm, I'll never tell you a lie just to get your mind pointed in the right direction. I will actually rather tell you something you don't need to hear and figure out a way to point your mind in the right direction or get your thoughts or whatever else on the right path. Like, and that's, I think that's where a lot of people, sorry, I'm going to say it. That's where a lot of people fuck up. Like they, they, they want to, they want to, they want to be their kid's friend and tell them what they want to hear versus what they need to hear and give them the tough love they need to grow up to be yeah, absolutely. a successful Kids man employees. or a woman. And that yeah. goes back to a conversation we had a long time ago, which is giving a fucking trophy to every kid, even though they didn't win. I'm like, yeah. It's just- and that's, that's how it works with, and I hate, fu- Justin, you know, I fucking hate labels, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I, but I will say, because I can't think of any other way to say it, but middle management, right? You you got your middle management type people, and they do a successful job at what they do. But at the same time, they were once not middle management. And so they still want to be friends with the people they're in charge of managing. And they want to... They want to stay friends. They want to stay, unfortunately, popular, you know, and and so decisions are generally not in the direction of the well-being of the company. It's decisions are in the well-being of their popularity. I hate to say that, but it's not just an opinion. I mean, I've witnessed it. I've I've seen it. I've. You know, anyone that knows me, I, I'm friends with. I haven't met anybody I couldn't be friends with. I mean, I, I'm a easygoing guy. I, I, I'm objective. I may not agree with you and how you see things, but I can see the good in you. And I would like to be friends with you. It's easier to be friends with people than foes, you know. And Absolutely. So yeah, like you said, uh, yeah, we've talked about this before. People want to be. Parents want to be friends with their kids before they want to be parents, but shift that back to a business perspective. The CEOs and and on down, like you start at the top and there's great decisions made. I assume there's great decisions made. And then as it goes down from there, the decisions um degrade in quality by level if that's a thing right so by the time you get down to the middle management lower management that's in charge of the people that are really in charge of the quality of your product let let's say food service partners let's say they make my beef jerky and you're in charge of um 
the people that are in charge of each segment that that makes my beef jerky. Well, each time the information you decide is the best best way to go gets passed along. It's enforced, but there's pieces of that enforcement that are skipped. And it's a downward, I don't want to say downward spiral, but a little bit of it's lost along the way. Absolutely. And that's not, you know, that's not a terrible thing, right? Like if, if your guys that work in your factory all want to go to the bar, have a drink and talk about how your company, what sucks about your company, they should be allowed to do that. And still yet, you know, they respect the company because that's what they do, but they're still human beings. They got to vent somewhere. So why not vent amongst friends? Man, this sucks, that sucks, whatever. But then they come back to work the next day and they kick ass just like their manager taught them to. So, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is the the better the top of the pyramid is, the I guess the fortitude of the top of the pyramid dictates what trickles down, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, pick a company. If there's a questionable CEO, whatever decision maker, however you want to label it, if they're questionable, go look at the rest of their company, look at their sales reports, look at things like that. And you'll see, okay, well, this guy doesn't make guy or, or woman. I apologize. I try to stay politically correct. It, <laughs> I'm from Oklahoma. You know, it's a different world for me here. <laughs> the, the person making the decision, uh, depending on how their company does, it truly is a reflection of them. And if they don't own that, then, you know, maybe they're not the best. (laughs) Whoever's in charge of that company may uh, need to look at finding a new CEO or something. You know what I mean? Like that's, I just can't see it any other way. Cause I I've seen the results of my bad decisions for the goat, I'm I'm 100% in charge of the direction of the goat beef jerky company. We've gone different directions at my decision, and I've seen the pros and I've seen the cons. And, you know, there's other people that come into play, but at the end of the day, it was my decision to go in this direction or that direction. So I don't know how you don't put put that same accountability on leadership on companies larger than mine. I don't know either, but I will say that it is a, a very common problem. And I would say that one of the things is is that we, if they want to go complain at a bar, like you said, middle management, we don't have the open heart policy. And I'm not talking about open door because I think that's wrong. I think human beings, we need, our leaders need to be willing to have that connection with us. That doesn't mean spill the beans. That doesn't mean they need to know every integrated piece of our lives or vulnerability we have it just means we need to be vulnerable enough to accept criticism and the way that we're doing things 100 percent agree grow. with that brother and yeah we need to make sure that as leaders no matter where we are even in our own families that we have an open heart policy where we can receive complaints we can receive you know 
things that we need to improve on and not get defensive over them and actually be vulnerable enough to look at it and have the self-awareness enough to say, hey, maybe there is something to it. And just because I don't see it that way, I need to understand why they see it that way. And maybe it's not really what they're saying. And maybe it's not really how I receive it. Maybe the problem's something else. But without having vulnerability on both sides, the vulnerability of the person to come tell you and the vulnerability of the person in a leadership position to receive it, there really is no, you know, other thing. And then the other part about it, I think, is management, owners, all of that, we need to be willing to be led by our employees every once in a while or or by our children in our homes because we don't have all the answers. You know, if I don't understand technology, I have no problem going to my stepdaughters and be like, help me with Instagram. How do all these people get multiple stories a day when I can only figure out how to get one? You know, and that's a simple thing. But we're willing to go with them to leadership on things we don't understand, but sometimes we need to say, I don't know, what do you think? And there's huge insight into things because we don't see it at the level they see it in. And that's willing to be led. And we need to be vulnerable enough to ask and say, we don't know. And yeah, I, 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 Justin, I love the way you define that. That That's that's perfect. You know, I, I keep telling you, you know, we're not a big enough company yet to be... Uh, vulnerable to those things we will be soon i promise you that but if that's exactly it you gotta have to you have to you have to be able to accept the accountability but still yet dig your heels in hey look i i know the direction we need to go but I'm I'm willing to hear what you have to say. I'm yeah, not absolutely. A, I'm not saying that I'm a total fuck up or whatever else, but you know, I mean, I, I'm a human being, and if you can't accept the fact that you make mistakes, then man, you have no business in any leadership role, uh, management role. You you should not be in a position to influence anybody ever. If you can accept the fact that you might fuck up here and there, (laughs) that's, I apologize for my language, but I, I I don't know any other way to put it. Well, and the reason is we should be willing to mess up nine out of 10 times, because if we don't, we don't get that first time, that one time, because otherwise doing nothing and people don't understand this a lot, even with kids, we have the, if we mess up, we need to also have the vulnerability to write the ship. Not just be like, yes. I did this and I'm too afraid and now I've done it and I can't take it back. And that's with employees too. Like, It's okay to go back and say, I, I experimented with this. I got it wrong. I am sorry. Let me fix this. And then you have way more credibility. People will trust you to lead. People will know that what they're feeling in their heart is true, that this isn't going right. And they learn to trust their feelings also. And I think we do that to people. I'm going to bring it all the way down to the feeling level, which is people learn not to trust their feelings because we tell them they're wrong or we tell our children they're wrong or whatever because we don't have the willingness to go back and fix it because our ego gets in the way and be like, well, I made this decision. I need to stick by it and I'm going to stick my foot in the mud. And the reality is, is any great companies, any great families, the decisions and the lessons are learned all the way around 360. And... 
that's where sort of where I'm at. Uh, man, I, I love it. I love what you just said, Justin, that, that, that hit the nail on the head for me. Uh, I don't know if that works for everybody. There's some people that, that love to, they, they love to manage their people with an iron fist. Um, they don't accept, uh, their own flaws. I've witnessed it. You know, I, I came from, I came from the oil industry, you know, uh, I, I was never out like out on site getting dirty, exposed to the, you know, the heavy machinery and things like that, but still yet the, the mindset that follows that oil industry and work ethic is, man, that's something that's uncompromised. It it's there. It's it's it truly is like an all for one, one for all. Type. As cliche as that sounds, it really is that way. Uh, the company I worked for uh, before I started the goat, they, everybody there from top to bottom was all busting their ass for a common goal. Let's we we have the orders. Let's do let's all do our part to get our orders out the door. And then, you know, when those checks hit the bank, we all reap in the rewards of that. And they created a culture that I admire. Even if they, you know, if you go interview one of them and they say, JR's an asshole, he sucks, whatever. I there's, there's zero chance I would change my perspective on the culture they created. Because honestly everyone there because i started I, I don't know if you remember this but the company i used to work for i started at the bottom like i started as low as you could go i started out as a production welder um i had x amount of products i had to weld in a day and it was one of those things that you know i I'm, I'm a weirdo in that way. Like I wanted to compete. I wanted to weld more of the products I had to weld in a day than everyone else. And after I did, um, I would encourage, how do I say this? I I would celebrate what I did along with the results that the other guys did. And I put their results ahead of mine. Like, man, you guys did all, like I was proud of myself, but I celebrated what they did more. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like and, you know, I, I don't know if that's the what the leaders of that company picked out. They they noticed about me, but um, I can tell you I didn't stay at the bottom for very long. Um, and I, I didn't play any silly social games or, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can do to move up in a company and I didn't do any of those except for keep my head down and challenge myself on a daily basis. Like if they wanted me to weld a 25 of something an hour every day for 10 hours, well, then my goal was to do 35 of this product per hour, every hour for eight hours, 10 hours. And, and once I reached that on a consecutive basis, I bumped myself up. Yep, exactly. Like, okay, 
you know, and I, I it was, you know, it's kind of like in, in the last conversation we had on the genome therapy and whatnot, it's, you have to be comfortable with the line you draw in the sand. And at the, at one point when you draw a line that you're like, man, I'm, I'm good with just sitting right here, which in my opinion is the bare minimum. That's, that's when you, I think that's when you set yourself up for failure. Right. Yep. And you know, there's, there's, like I said before, there's my Veronica and I, just before you uh before we jump back on this call we were in a debate about whether or not you know people should be allowed to mess with the genetics of um, a human being or future race or whatever else and it it's so complicated that there's no right answer so so i feel like within reason <laughs> within some sort of reason you have to do what's best for you at a given opportunity and for me what what drove me to become the best i could be was if this is the bare minimum i'm gonna raise the bar and as soon as i reach that i'm gonna raise it again and i did that until i got to a point that You know, when I started working at the company I worked for, the bare minimum was 25 an hour. And then by the time they yanked me out of that shop, I was producing 45 of this product an hour. And then, you know, they they moved me into their um, a different manufacturing facility within the same company. And there were no um, set standards. So I set standards. And then once I reached those standards, which I thought I never would, I raised them again. And then they gave me people to um, help help within that department. And so I figure I have two people. So I'm going to double what I like. I had already met my personal goals and I raised them and then they gave me more people. So the what I raised them to, I doubled again, you know, and then when myself and this other person, you know, once we reached those goals, I thought, you know what, we're not reaching our full potential. And I feel like that's, that's what's missing. If you're outside of the sports world, I feel like that's what's missing in this world in the United States. Anyway, people want to, they want to achieve goals, right? And if you set your goals too low and if the goals are too obtainable, if they're just easily obtainable, then they, they're really not goals, are they? There's no reward in it. And, and, and I feel like that kind of touches base on, on a previous conversation we had that gold, everybody gets, gets an award or whatever, but Man, give give somebody a goal that's tough to achieve and look at the joy in their eyes. Look at look at the emotion coming out of that person once they reach that goal that no one thought 
reached that standard that no one that that was supposed to be unobtainable man is that not beautiful and then to be able to reward that person for their efforts and then that person obviously says hey i got i did this i know you people out there can do better right like geez it's you you get somebody that sets a standard and then that standard they're telling people hey i set the standard but this this shouldn't be the standard i know it's possible to do better man that that just makes my heart <laughs> that makes me it makes me smile i'm i'm probably tearing up over here a little bit just thinking about somebody reaching a goal that they thought was unobtainable and then telling everyone else look I never thought I'd get here, but I did. So guess what? You can reach this next level that I, that is, should be impossible. I mean, that that's what drives the human race. And and as long as we got people that out there that are influencers, and as I'm trying to tie this back into the leadership question you asked me. As long as we have leaders out there that set, that can put people in a position to reach goals on an incremental level, then those people, when they reach those goals, they influence everyone below them to reach goals better than the goals they reached. I believe that. I've, I've seen it. It happens. I promise you. Put put out put out a test. It, I would love for anyone to prove me wrong. If you set out an incremental goal competition of any sort in any industry, business, sport, recreation, whatever it is, you you give someone a challenge, they'll they'll reach it. And if you can influence that challenge winner to challenge anyone else to do better than they did, it will happen. And and that, in my opinion, is what a great leader does. And that, you know, like I said, we don't have a big team behind us because we're still building. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've got a little fear of screwing up and, and not being able to provide for any for someone on my team. Um, but moving forward, that's that's exactly how we're going to go. I mean, we're going to set set out goals and if someone reaches that goal that seems like it's unobtainable then we're going to set a new goal and the person that reached that goal they're gonna they're already gonna want to influence other people to do better than they did like it's good people not not good business does that <laughs> is, is that stupid i mean that's I hope that's not stupid because that's how I feel. Like I, if you have good people, you have a great business. So if you get good people, you, you have better than good business. I agree with that 100%. And I sort of want to end there because I think that's the, the, the actual amongst all this, we wrap it all together. We talk about the relationship aspect of working with a spouse. We talked about leadership and how that affects a business and, and a little bit about the POS systems, the point of sale systems and online marketplace. But I think the real takeaways from this is if we surround ourselves by good people that hold us accountable, 
uh, to do things the same way we need to hold ourselves accountable, that they don't just give us a pass by giving us a trophy. You know, if we start slipping and we're not holding up to our end of the bargain, we need people in our lives that hold us accountable, whether it's our kids, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our employees, whether it's ourselves. And then not only that, we need to be willing and vulnerable enough to hold them accountable as well to the things that they set out to do so we all raise the level together. And that that goes through the work ethic like you were talking about through your previous job. That goes to our moral and ethical standards and not slipping. You know, it, it's no different than all those years they were scamming the mortgage companies and all that. I use the word scamming, but they sort of were. And giving they people were. They uh, were. mortgages that didn't deserve it. Why was there not one person that ethically said, we should stop doing this? This is wrong. Because and no one was vulnerable enough to stick up for what was right and, and convince people otherwise. And so I really want to emphasize the moral and ethics of it also. And... It goes all the way back to the last episode of genetically modified and things like that. You know, what is it and how do we hold each other accountable? And we need to be vulnerable enough to both receive that information and give it as well. And you can't be a leader unless you help people grow. And that requires good people as well and people who want to be good people and grow. You know, so I think that's a lot of when people come work for us, what do you want out of this job and where are you hoping to be when yes. when you either grow in this job or you, you're you done with this job and want to grow into a new position somewhere else? What can I give you so you can grow as an individual? And I, I think that. that's so important. And people are then dedicated. I mean, think about what they gave you in your company that helped you grow as an individual to where you are now as an entrepreneur. I think, you know, they, they promoted your work ethic. They, they invested in it. They, they recognize it. And in that created a culture of work ethic in their business that helped everyone grow. And work that's ethic so is the key. It, it truly is right. Justin. I mean, I don't, I don't want to start start another episode or anything but uh, uh that you that's 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 the point it's work ethic absolutely because because if you don't you know there's and i hate to say it but there's a lot of people that want to raise minimum wage you know uh, and <laughs> let's let's just really quick take a look at that right let's let's raise minimum wage Someone that that uh, that doesn't have any work ethic, they just want to get paid by the hour, but yet they want to get. I don't even know what the national minimum wage is, but let's raise it to what the, you know, what the suggested minimum wage should be. What what does a person? I wouldn't. I'd feel dirty, right? Like I get paid X dollars per hour for nothing you know and, and maybe i'm different than everyone else but i i want to man i really just want to earn more than everyone else because of my efforts not because that's what the federal government said you had to pay me and then you know there's a whole other subject of what happens when you raise the minimum wage i mean let's face it you're your $3 cheeseburger is going to turn into an $18 cheeseburger <laughs> or whatever the math may come out yeah. to be. But it, it you know, it, it boils down to work ethic. 
It, it truly does. Like I'm, I, I want to, when I start something new, pay me what the bare minimum is. Let me work my ass off to get to a point of something that I, I can beat my chest a little bit about. And that, that's, I don't know. That That's just me. I, I hope, um, and that's me and that's my son and anyone else I can influence that's that's their mindset and if you can change someone's mindset on something then if you can change their perspective on the way they look at a given situation knowing that you know the you could give everything you have and results not be what you want it happens you know absolutely but that doesn't mean you got to give up on the process that means it just didn't work this time next time if you if you stay the course and and make that your lifestyle you've got a real opportunity of doing something amazing uh, uh with this with this world in this world whatever i mean i don't know how you want to say it but but i i guess it may sound like a crazy man but that that's how i live my life no, and I agree with you. And I think we just need to leave the world a better place than we found it. So thank you, JR. Really, thank you for coming on the podcast, doing two episodes today. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, I look forward to the feedback from everyone. Please, everyone, if you like what we're doing, share it again. You can find me at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs on Instagram and Facebook. You can find JR and his company at The Goat. Beef Jerky Co., that's C-O, uh, on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, follow them, like I said. Uh, follow them. Write a comment on the podcast that you like the episode or like the podcast in general. Send a photo of it, that your comment to Justin at thefoodentrepreneurs.com and win a shitload of beef jerky. I don't think it gets much yeah. better than that. So, uh, yeah. As well as a pair of sunglasses and a hat that I have from... JR and his crew, so I think it's a pretty sweet deal. I definitely wear my uh, goat beef jerky hat and sunglasses all the time. There's many photos of me with them, so they're pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, JR, I look forward to having you back on the program. I love. I want to talk about all your apparel and the sunglasses and stuff like that as well, and where that's going. Um, so we'll just have to coordinate another time to do another episode and just sort of eat up the time and the conversation. So Say I think it's pretty buddy. Well, thank you guys and thank Veronica for sharing you with us for a little bit. <laughs> so there's absolutely. That. Go ahead. I said absolutely, man. Anytime. We're uh, we're happy to. Uh, it, it's fun for us and I, I do apologize that I talk a lot, but you know, it's it y Sometimes you you, you have do a lot need to, to say, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got you got to have a place to say the things that you feel. And I think you only get one shot to share your message with everyone, and so much time to do it. So if it can help someone, you know, let's get it out there. So thank you, everyone, again, and uh, have an awesome Monday. Bye.